Hi, this is Laurel from Trader Joe's La Jolla, California. Here's what's coming up on this episode of Inside Trader Joe's. Today we're at the annual Trader Joe's captain's meeting. Well, this is the chocolate lava gnocchi. I could probably make a dinner out of that. All right, let's move on to things that are intended for non-human consumption. Well, these are magical treats made of salmon and seaweed, and cats actually love seaweed. Are you going to try it? We're going to play a little bit of Name That Captain. I'm keeping score. All captains. The captain from Moby Dick. Captain Ahab. I'm very competitive. We have an amazing podcast that's done here at Trader Joe's. Matt Sloan and Tara Miller, they're going to do it live right here on the stage. Thank you for being here with us today. We're ready? Okay. We're good? Live from New York, from the Trader Joe's captain's meeting. Let's go inside Trader Joe's. So the the problem becomes now every time we do this in the conference room in Monrovia, we're going to be bummed because we have no applause. So far on the podcast, we have taken you, our crew, and all of our listeners around the country and around the world in search of new products. We've come into the office. Some of the more top secret places within the office, the tasting panel, where we make those really tough, necessarily tough decisions about which products we should or shouldn't carry. We've even gone there. So today's another first. Today we're at the annual Trader Joe's captain's meeting, and this year it happens to be in New York City. It's in a different city every year. Captains are store managers, and if you've listened to our episodes so far, you know that. Every year we gather all of our captains together to let them know where we're going, say thank you for all the things that have happened over the last year, and to bring home some great energy back to all the stores. It's important to us that Our stores are really great ambassadors to their neighborhoods or in their neighborhoods, and our captains are our ambassadors back to the stores so they can work with our crew to become great neighbors. We get a lot of feedback on the podcast, and we we get a lot of comments, and this comment for me really summed up the impact, the hard-hitting touchstone moments for our listeners that we've been able to create. I'll read you just a little snip here. This podcast is the perfect blend of being interesting, but not so important that I need to listen to each word. (laughs) That's real stuff, so thank you. One of the most important aspects of this gathering every year, the leadership of the company, captains of Trader Joe's stores, is to look at and think about new product, what's new. It's really about two parts of our merchandising group, of the buying organization, Product development versus product innovation. Product development is really bringing things that we know we want to have in the store that we think will really sell well, and customers will be excited about that. So Marcy Kopelman, Colin Fields, their teams really focused on that. Product innovation is a really interesting spot. It's about finding those things that we never knew were out there that we now can't live without. 
From an excitement perspective, that product innovation category really tends to be the one that excites people, right? It's like, oh, I've never heard of that, that's so cool, or that's so weird, I don't know if people are going to buy that, and then it flies off the shelf because cauliflower, right? Or it doesn't. I mean, product innovation is riskier, certainly, and that's okay. We want things to be interesting, and we know that vanilla ice cream will likely always be the best-selling thing. But an ube, purple sweet potato ice cream, bought in the right way, limited a certain fixed amount, that could be really fun and interesting. And that's that balancing act between the two. We wanted to bring out some folks whose lives every day at Trader Joe's are focused on just those things. Absolutely. So let's have Lori Lotta, Marcy Kopelman, and Colin Fields come on out here. All right, have a seat, let's get cozy. This is like a lightning round, a speed dating introduction to new products coming soon to a Trader Joe's near you. And I'm gonna start by asking Lori, please explain chocolate lava gnocchi. Well, this is the chocolate lava gnocchi, and uh, I had seen some chocolate gnocchi when I was at Harrods in London, and I asked our gnocchi supplier if they could make something similar, but better than what they had at uh, Harrods. What is it? I mean, I think gnocchi and I think dinner. I think chocolate lava and I think yummy, but I think dessert. So is it entree? Is it dessert? Is it both? This was originally designed to be dessert, but I think that there are some people. Matt, I could probably make a dinner out of that. Make dinner I could out see of that it. Happening. They're really easy to prepare because you just put them in a saute pan with a little bit of ghee or butter and brown them. Yeah, pass that plate, would you? Matt can't be the only one who gets to try it. I think it takes maybe no more than no more than the cauliflower gnocchi, so six, seven minutes. It's incredible that that's now a measurement of time that people understand. No longer than a cauliflower gnocchi. And we're all like, oh yeah, cool, I got it. And then we're like, which instructions? The ones that work or don't work? Uh, oh, okay. Wow, so I'm glad that we started with dessert. Now let's go on to more of a center of plate thing. Marcy Kopelman, tell me about this. This comes from countless emails that we have gotten asking, why don't we have an Impossible Burger or a Beyond Burger? So this is our version of it. And what's interesting about this, I shouldn't even be calling it a burger because that is no longer something we're supposed yeah, to be calling Yeah, the Cattlemen's Association is storming yes. the doors as we speak with them. This is going after a meat-eating customer. And as a vegetarian, I can tell you that this is not going after me because it really emulates me. You want to see the interior is nice and nice and pink. And it smells like meat, it tastes like meat. As you said, they're everywhere. There's a Beyond Burger, there's an Impossible Burger. What makes ours different? Ours is different because we don't do blood. So all of the other ones, they, they actually are designed to, to bleed like, like a, me. That is a technical thing, like, give me a little more bleed on this patty, yes. Marcy. Right, no blood. Yeah. <laughs> so that makes ours different. Ours will retail for $4.99, which is at least a dollar lower. I think this is going to be exciting. And as an avid burger fan, I would eat this. And like, if I'm trying to be like flexitarian guy and like with that kind of stuff, I can see this working. <laughs> I actually think it's going to be the beginning of 
possibly a sausage, a hot dog, and, and other non-meats. And then we'll just come full circle and we'll just say carrots, and people will be like, oh my God, genius. So it's good. I love what you've done with the vegetables. All right, let's move on to things that are intended for non-human consumption. Colin, can you tell us a little bit about this one? Last year, we came out with the dog advent calendar, um, which seemed pretty odd until we got it out in the stores and there was quite a following for it. And we heard from our feline-loving customers that we should have something for their cats. So we found it. We developed it. And it's pretty cool. What's inside of this? As if like... Well, I mean these are magical treats made of salmon and seaweed. And cats actually love seaweed. Matt's going to eat it. Oh, you're going to try it? I don't know. Do I, I shouldn't smell it before I eat it. No. What'd you do at work today? Well, I sat on stage and made an out of myself. Like every other day. You know what? That's not good. Um, but I'm not a cat. But, but if you're a cat, you really like that. And after eating 24 of them, your 25th one will be a gigantic one, shaped like a fish. Okay. Oh, I think you're going to have some happy cats as if they weren't already happy enough. I'm excited about this. Ooh, audible gasps from the audience. Kung Pao chicken mochi balls. Appetizer, what do we have here? Laurie, what's up? Well, this is pretty much an appetizer, or you could have it alongside a salad if you ate a few of them, because it's really satisfying, it's really filling, and it's really different. So the idea of this came from a meal that we had in Tokyo, where we had some mochi, something similar to it that was in a soup, and then some that were fried, and the fried ones were incredible. So we asked someone to make a version, but more flavorful than what we had in Japan. So it's a filling of really spicy Kung Pao chicken. It has mochi on the outside. And when you take these and put them in a toaster oven, which is easier than an oven or in an oven for about 12 to 14 minutes, they get really crisp on the outside. And then there's a chewy layer and then there's the interior and it's pretty wonderful. I think I'm on to your MO. Take a dessert and make it an entree. Take an entree and make it a dessert here. I'm, I'm seeing this. So again, you were in Tokyo and you see this and then there's a lot of work to make this idea on a trip from a far flung place happen through USDA, regulatory, someone's got to make it, and then someone's got to make it at home. It's got to be easy to do in toaster oven. I, like, I almost want to buy a toaster oven just to, just to have these cooked up so nicely. Well, it's the easiest way to do it, and these things are great, and the tasting panel just went absolutely crazy for these. So I hope everyone else will, too. That's good. Tara, since your mouth is full, it's your turn um, to talk about That's the next excellent. product. I like to speak into a microphone with a full mouth. Okay, so we're going to talk to Marcy again. This product, I have to keep referring to the package because I, can, I can't remember the name yet. Organic chickpea and red lentil risoni. Is that a real word? It is now. Tell us about this one. This one is made with just two ingredients, the organic chickpea flour and organic red lentil flour. It, uh, it has 10 grams of protein versus three in a normal rice, and you're really using it as a rice substitution. We felt like based on what has exploded with our cauliflower rice or other frozen cauliflower products, our red lentil pasta that that this in the grocery world should have some good volume. You prepare it like a rice, so in, in 14 minutes, it's ready to go. So you just put it in a pot with water and... You can add a little flavor, you can leave it plain. Serve it with the, the uh, protein patty and just have a protein fest. Protein out. 
Well, yeah. I think especially with this one, with the protein patties, as, I mean, it started out as a shopping list item for sure, yeah. but then yeah. it definitely became an innovative item over the course of the development because we wanted to do things differently. Thinking about how trends keep evolving, I mean, it's like, I think God bless us for finally putting pumpkin spice in a face mask. If, if anyone could do it, it's us. I think it's a super cool product, actually. Um, and this one's an improvement over the one that we currently carry. We carry a normal, a regular face mask, a hydrating face mask. And this one happens to be made out of bicellulose, which I won't go into all the details, but it's better material. Deeply soothes and moisturizes your skin and gives you aromas of pumpkin spice notes and just super enjoyable. It's like strawberry shortcake's autumn friend. Yeah, as I was testing this, I was getting a lot of compliments in the scent and my skin. So I think that's it. So thank you so much, Marcy Laurie Collin. So now, what I'd like to do, I'd like to randomly select some people from the audience for a little game, Tara. I would like to activate our Captain Randomizer. Okay, let's do it. Let's see. Randall Stevens from 688 Chicago. You need to come on stage, Randall. Hey, Randall. Nancy Parks from 160 Sammamish. You need to come on stage, Nancy. Shivana Omadathi Tai from 541, the New York City wine shop. Come on up. How are you? You go stand with Randall. QRML 724, Bloomington. That's in Minnesota still. Come on up. What are we going to do? I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to play a little bit of Name That Captain. We're going to go through pop culture captains. Go ahead and pair up in twos, people. Why do coaches always say that? Yeah, you're, it's a pair. There's two. We're going to give a clue. First team to shout out the answer gets the point. I'm keeping score. I'll start with the first one. Easy. The captain from Moby Dick. Captain Ahab. All right, Nancy got it. Here's our super tough one. The captain from Peter Pan. Captain Hook. Superhero captain. The newest Avenger? Captain Marvel. Good grief, Nancy. I'm very competitive. It's okay. Sometimes winning is when others win, too. The captain from the adventures of Tintin. Good grief, people. He's named after a fish. Captain Nemo? Oh, good one. That was a good one. You know what? I'm going to give you a point for that. It's wrong, but you get a point. It's Captain Haddock. Next captain. The only captain in this list to be played by Bill Murray from a Wes Anderson movie. The Life Aquatic. Captain Steve Zissou, yeah. Our next captain hosted a kid's show in the 1970s. He's friends with Mr. Green Jeans. Captain Kangaroo. Hugh. Give it to the old guy. Our original captain from the USS Enterprise. Kirk. Captain of the USS Enterprise from Star Trek The Next Generation. Picard. Oh, Picard. Hugh. Hugh's like, thank God for the Star Trek questions. 
Nerds unite. Captain of the USS Enterprise from Star Trek Voyager, the first female Enterprise captain. She wasn't the captain of the Enterprise. It was... Uh... You know, it's eerie. It kind of rhymes with boo. I'm just saying. Captain Janeway. He gets two points for that one. Shivana and Hugh are up by two. No more Star Trek. The good guy captain from Pirates of the Caribbean. Captain Jack Sparrow. Okay. Nailed it. Randall got that. This next captain doesn't even go by captain. He's Gilligan's guiding light. Skipper. Hugh. Nice. Dave Pilkey. Superhero creation. Making fun and fun of and fun with reading through toilet humor. Captain... Underpants? Nancy. How about a brand of rum? Captain Morgan. Hugh, Captain Morgan, nice job. One of the original Avengers out of deep freeze to become a superhero? Captain America. Hugh, nice, okay. Okay, here we go, people, final sudden death. 1970s, Hanna-Barbera, cartoon captain, kinda hairy. Captain Caveman. Hugh, nice. So, for winning Name That Captain, you get Captain Hats and Nancy and Randall. For losing, you get cold mochi balls. Thank you so much. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you. All right, Tara, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm feeling like that's a wrap. What we have to say before we wrap up is thanks for listening. And thanks for listening.